That question means that. Are you willing to take oath of allegiance of the, to the United States? Means are you ready to fight for the United States, to do everything good for the United States? Araceli Becerra holds a stack of practice flashcards in front of the classroom to prepare her students for the U.S. citizenship test. Not long ago, she was sitting in their place with anticipation. It's been 30 years since she left Mexico and came to the country without legal documents. This election is her first chance to vote for the next president of the U.S. Just to hear on TV that someone wants to build a fence between Mexico and the United States, it makes me think they want to fence us in. It's not so much for stopping those who come, but to humiliate those who are still here. A lot of expectation rides on the shoulders of Latino voters like Becerra and her newly sworn American citizen students. Arizona is a historically conservative state. The last Democrat that won there was Bill Clinton in 1996. There are one million Latinos eligible to vote in Arizona, representing 22% of the electorate. This election, the state could turn blue if Latinos show up to the polls. In 2012, only 50% of those that could vote registered, and from those, only 40% turned out. Becerra's 19-year-old son, Samuel, might be among those absent at the polls this year. My mom already knows that there's a possibility of me not voting. She's upset about that, but then again, it's my right, right? If I want to uh, practice it or not, I mean, it's a, it's a choice if I want to vote or not. Samuel's mom is not the only one worried that he won't participate. Voter turnout is a concern for political parties and voting rights groups. They are reminding voters these elections are not just about who gets to be the next president. This will be Samuel's first presidential election, just like his mom's. He's Christian and leans Republican, but he was throwing his support behind Bernie Sanders because he felt that Sanders was trustworthy and experienced. He describes Trump as racist and divisive. I don't want Donald Trump to become president, but also having Hillary Clinton become president is very dangerous. It's, it's a double-edged sword at the moment. He said he doesn't trust Clinton after he overheard in the news that the Democratic National Committee gave her campaign advice on how to defeat Sanders. Becerra, a Sanders supporter herself, says Latino voters are between a rock and a hard place and they must pick the lesser evil. She hopes her son makes up his mind and votes. Latinos were comfortable, at ease. Now you have a job, now you're saving a few dollars. I have a house, my car, I'm content. Then this man comes and starts saying this and that about us, and he awakens our Mexican pride, because we're not that. He slapped us in the face, and we're going to return the gesture by voting. Becerra is talking about Trump, who has ignited many Latinos like her former students to register to vote. She belongs to Lucha, a group that is part of the One Arizona Coalition that registered over 110,000 new voters by the beginning of October. While Latinos are frequently the focus of voter registration campaigns in the Southwest, other minority voters could contribute to a change in color for Arizona, from red to blue. There are 287,000 Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in Arizona, and almost half are eligible to vote. The news is on at the Filipino American Journal. 
Leonardo Aromin founded the newspaper almost 20 years ago. Aromin has been following the election closely, aware that Filipino voters are traditionally conservative. But many are upset over remarks made by Trump early August in Maine, when the candidate said countries where terrorists come from should be banned from getting visas. He cited the case of a Filipino man detained for alleged terrorist activities in the U.S. It looks like uh, Filipino voters are offended by that. And, uh, of course, some people I've, I've talked to for the purposes of the newspaper said, well, I will just not vote this year because I'm a Republican. They said, yeah, I don't like the candidate. I cannot vote for Clinton likewise because it's a Democrat or whatever it is. So there are maybe some Filipinos who would rather stay at home on November elections. Filipinos are the largest group among Asians in Arizona, with a population of 59,000 people. Aromin says Filipino families are divided on politics in this election more than ever, and the lines get deeper across generations, sometimes going in surprising directions. We'll continue with the meeting, but we are primarily talking about the Filipino-American heritage celebration. At the Halo Halo Filipino restaurant, James Campbell and his wife Florita, both in their 70s, join a Filipino committee to plan a festival. They are very active in the community and agree most of the time. But when it comes to politics, they don't see eye to eye. It's very lively, but we have uh, maybe two hours that it's quiet because I stay with my facts and my wife stays with uh, CNN and PBS because that's where the Democrats are. So. It's good. We have a time for silence. Campbell, a longtime Republican, said he will cast his vote for Trump because he thinks he's an astute business person. And Campbell is loyal to his party. But his wife, Florita, is simply enraged that her husband will do so. She became a Democrat in the 70s after a bad experience when she was berated by someone while working at a jewelry store. And she looked at me and said, don't, don't put your dirty chink hands on my merchandise. That was the very first time I was confronted so frontally with someone who hated me. She didn't know me. She didn't know who I was, where I came from. Just because I looked different, she hated me. And from then on, I know how it feels. It must feel to be discriminated upon. Trump's rhetoric takes her back to that memory. But there's another reason. She has a granddaughter with disabilities and she was upset when Trump mocked a journalist with disabilities during one of his speeches. If it were my son who said that, I'd slap him until my hand would fall off my wrist because that's very rude. It's not only, it's not only unkind, it is also, there's no compassion whatsoever. On a Sunday, Florita has a visit from her grandson, Nate Carlo, who she has encouraged to vote, but would never tell him how. You want some pollo asado? <laughs> He is 18 and he is considering voting Republican because he feels the party aligns better with his Christian religious beliefs. A lot of what Trump says resonates with him. The situation that we're in now with Syrian refugees and ISIS and such calls for extreme, or not extreme, but just necessary actions. In a time like this, I could see why he would think it's necessary to highly regulate immigration and a lot of people think that might be too far. He confesses he hasn't been able to keep up to speed with information on the candidates, 
beyond muddied information or disappointment with the pool of candidates, there might be something else keeping minority voters from making it to the polls. Since the last presidential election, Arizona has reduced 70% of its polling places. This resulted in a fiasco for many voters who waited in line for over five hours to cast their ballots during the 2016 primaries. Election authorities in Maricopa, the largest county in the state, said they were projecting more people would vote by mail. The situation prompted an investigation by the Department of Justice. We were anticipating problems this year because this is going to be the first presidential election that Arizona will have uh, in which we are not going through preclearance from the Voting Rights Act, which means it's going to be the first presidential election that the Department of Justice will not have oversight. So we anticipated having some problems, but nothing like this. Sam Strauss is the executive director of the Arizona Advocacy Network, a group that works to protect voter rights. There's going to be over 100,000 new, newly registered voters voting for the very first time, many of them minorities. How are they going to be treated at the polls? How, is, how are the counties and the state and volunteer groups going to get the word out about the rules for voting? There is one more hurdle for voters who traditionally relied on volunteer organizations to pick up their ballots and deliver them to election officials. A new law being challenged in court makes it a felony for volunteers to continue to do that. While some election officials say they won't enforce it, advocates are worried it will create chaos on Election Day and hurt long-standing efforts to get Latinos and other minorities to vote. This new law does make exceptions for family members, household members, caregivers, and I don't know how a poll monitor is going to enforce the law. Poll monitors are not allowed to speak to voters. And, you know, what are they going to do? Call the police because somebody is delivering people's ballots? That could very easily turn into voter intimidation. Problems with voter suppression are not new to Arizona. In 2004, voters passed a measure that required people to present proof of citizenship to vote and voter identification at the polls. Implementation of the new law resulted in tens of thousands of eligible voters not being able to register in time for elections in 2005, and thousands of others being unable to vote on Election Day. This time around, voter registration groups are doing all they can to educate minority voters about different ways in which they can cast their vote ahead of Election Day, or even on the very day if they forget to mail it. And we are calling today to have yourself sign up for the permanent early voting list. On a Saturday afternoon, Marta Rivas is one of the 14 volunteers at a Nation Pacific Community in Action phone bank. She's calling Asian voters so they signed up to vote by mail. Prepaid return envelope, so all you would have to do is stick it in the mail. There are other volunteers on standby. They speak Korean, Mandarin, Vietnamese, and Japanese. According to the Asian and Pacific Islanders Vote Civic Engagement Organization, in 2012, 69% of Asian Americans received no contact about the election from voter mobilization groups, compared to 64% of Latinos. Big Reed is the civic engagement manager coordinating the phone bank. And this is the first time they're able to do outreach. He says this year, those calls are more important than ever. A lot of the older generation has trust issues with the government, and they just don't know what's going on, right? So a big part for us is educating them, letting them know that we have constitutional rights, that we have these privileges, that this is our civic duty to actually get out and do this, that we actually have a voice that can be heard and listened to. Sometimes the older immigrant generations are the ones doing the teaching with millennials. Read up on it and uh, 
you know, because um, it's very important in one's life not to only be trustworthy, but also most of all to be compassionate and empathetic. Compassion and empathy means putting your shoes in someone else's place, living inside their skin and moving around it. And then you can make your decision, whatever it might be. And that's something that I think is really important and I'm definitely going to do. Okay, good. Like I was saying, uh, I don't have a very well-informed opinion, so I would like to figure out more about everything before I really decide. Florita never spoke about her political opinions with her grandson up until this election. And in that regard, she's just like Araceli Becerra, the citizenship teacher. When it comes to voting, it's not just about showing up, but knowing why. For Making Contact, this is Valeria Fernandez in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs>